Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. We're in Luke chapter 18 today. If you have a Bible, uh, that's awesome. You can go ahead and open it up. We're going to read the scripture uh, here in just a moment. If you don't have a Bible, don't sweat it at all. The scriptures will be on the screen behind me. Also, you can follow along two different ways. You can flip your program over, the little thing they handed you at the door. Flip it over. The scripture's printed on the back. And there's some lines there if you want to take notes. Also, if you have a, a smartphone or a tablet with you and you have the Bible app, the Uversion app, uh, you can open that up. And there's a little link in there uh, in the menu. It says live. You click that and you do a little search for the word vertical. And uh, you can find the scripture there. You can take notes there. You can even submit prayer requests uh, all from, from that app. So that's really cool too. Um, all right, here we go. I'm going to read and then we're going to pray. And then I'm just going to share a few thoughts with you about this parable. Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Uh, Jesus kind of gives us an insight right here at the very beginning, verse 1, of what this parable is going to be about. He tells them that they should always pray and not give up. And so here's the story. He said, verse 2, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that same town who kept coming to him with the plea. And here's what she said. Every day she came to him and said this. She said, grant me justice against my adversary. We don't know what her issue is. We don't know what her adversary has done or has not done. We don't don't know what's going on. She's just asking for justice. Verse 4, for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, You know, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, if you don't like that word, you might even want to think, because this widow keeps pestering me, because she's getting on my ever-loving nerves, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. She's coming every day. Eventually, she's just going to throw a rock at my head. I don't know what's going on. So he says, uh, he's going to do what she's been asking. Verse 6, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth. Would you join me in a prayer as we uh, get ready to dive into this passage? Lord, we, uh, we pause here at the beginning of, of our message in the middle of our worship experience to just invite you once again to open up our eyes, to open up our hearts uh, so that we can truly see what you want us to see and know what you want us to know. I ask God over the next few minutes that you would allow us to get out of our own heads uh, and, and open up our imagination and open up our, our minds to you. But more importantly, God, open up our hearts to you. Open up our ears to you so that we can hear and know and be changed by your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that, uh, that, that you would use the words out of my mouth, that you would uh, grant grace to our ears to hear, uh, especially from you this morning. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have the unique ability, or really the unique inability, 
really is what I'm saying, to ever say no. <laughs> I, I have the hardest time telling people no. Uh, so, so pretty much anybody can ask me anything and I will probably say yes. Uh, I don't know if it's because, you know, thinking real positively about myself, I have a pastor's heart and I just don't, you know, I want to be there for everybody, uh, that, that, that's asking, um, or, or I have some kind of hang up where I don't like to offend people or disappoint them. Both of those are true. I have all kinds of issues. I share them frequently. This is kind of like a big counseling session for me. And so, um, I don't, I don't know what that is about me, but I have a really hard time telling people no. Um, so you may have you may have experienced this. If you grab me before or after church in the hallway and say, "Hey, Pastor Josh, can we do such and such or get together?" and my response, and it's going to be a sincere one, is, "Yeah, let's do that." Like, yes, let's let's get together. Let's. I won't check a schedule. <laughs> I won't look at a calendar, and and I will forget to tell my wife, and she loves surprises. When I say, hey, so-and-so is coming over for dinner tonight. Oh, thanks. <laughs> she absolutely loves when I do that. And it's not because I'm not caring and it's not because, um, because I, I, I uh, am not thinking. It, it really is, it, the only way I can describe it, it really is like my brain is an airport and all the air traffic controllers have checked out. And there's just planes flying every which way in my mind. And so I just, I do my best to keep up and I try to write stuff down and I'm getting better at it, getting better to say, I don't know, let me check. Uh, sometimes I do good. Other days, it's just a blanket yes to anybody that asks anything. And so I could not be more polar opposite of this judge. Transition moment, specialty here. Anyway, um, it's like a sharp turn. I could not be more polar opposite than this judge in this situation. This guy has no problem saying no. Like, he'll just say no and, and not feel bad about it. He doesn't care about his reputation. He doesn't care about pleasing people. He doesn't care if he disappoints people or makes them upset. He has no, uh, nothing internally that makes him predisposed to care what you or I think about him. What he says. It's just no. The, the way Jesus describes him is that he neither feared God nor cared what people thought. You know, sometimes I kind of wish I was like this judge. Not the fearing God part. I want to fear God, but sometimes I really just not, don't want to care what people think. But I have that, you know, uh, thing that going on that I like people to like me. Like it's important to me that, that, that people think that I'm a good guy and nice and they, anyway. Um, Literally, what this means is that this guy does not fear God, and he has no sense of shame. He's no sense of shame. Now, we don't really understand shame culture in America. You see, Middle Eastern culture, then and somewhat today, is a culture built on shame. Honor, shame, dishonor. You know, our culture in America is built on uh, legality, rules, regulations, law. So, so if you're raising a kid, you know, you're like, uh, you know, Johnny, don't do that because that's breaking the rule. If you knock out that window, that's against the law. You know, our culture's built on law and rule and, 
and those kinds of things, legal jargon. Middle Eastern culture, they would not say, hey, Johnny, don't break that window because that's against the law. They would say, Johnny, don't break that window because it will bring shame on your family. You will dishonor your family name. And so, so when this guy has no sense of shame, he doesn't give a flip what people think about him. He has no sense of, of any kind of dishonor whatsoever. He's kind of like a, an ancient version of Simon Cow. You remember Simon Cow from American Idol? Like, he doesn't care. Like, he'd just say no to your face. I know he hadn't been on the show, like, in several years. The show tanked when he left. Let's just admit that. It's terrible. Like, they're talking about, like, doing one night and just posting the results online. Okay, when he left, the show tanked because we liked having that person who didn't care what people thought, who didn't care what the response was just going to be. That's no, you're horrible. Don't ever sing again. (laughs) And this judge is kind of like a Simon Cow character, you know, just no, which is real interesting because side note, Jesus makes a really bold move in this story. It's a really risky move. Jesus Uh, in the story, paints God as the negative character. If you look at the story and you try to identify who's God in this story, it's God is the judge. And it's really weird, right? Because we've seen just in this series, uh, Jesus will will paint God as 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 a God who will accept the unacceptable, the tax collectors, the vile and the and the outcast. God will, God will be seen in the form of a Samaritan helping uh, someone who's injured on the road. Last week, we talked about how God uh, could be seen in the father who's bearing his own son's shame, who's girding up, his, who's exposing himself to go off running. But, but here, God is likened to an unjust judge, judge who doesn't care what people think. It's real interesting. Now, now this woman is also interesting because, because it's very rare in this day and time for a woman to appear in court. Very rare. A female would not appear before a judge to argue her own case. Typically, it would be her husband, but because this woman is a widow, then, then the norm would have been for a family member a male family member to take up her case, maybe an uncle, a brother, a cousin, you know, a second cousin twice removed. I don't know. Some guy who will be her representative in front of the judge. Now, what this tells us is that she probably has nobody. If she is going before the judge on her own, that means that she is probably completely, totally alone. The, the, the image really is the, the, the picture of a helpless victim, someone who has no one looking out for them, no one caring about them, no one uh, who's got their back. But, but her, her, her request, keep in mind, she's not looking for revenge from her adversary. She's not looking to get back at them, whatever they did. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe they owe her money. Maybe she owes them money unjustly. We don't know what the issue is, but she's not looking for revenge. All she wants is justice. Just want justice. And eventually she gets what she wants. Why? Because she 
pesters the judge. She wears him down until he eventually caves and gives her what, he, what, what she's asking for. Just, just, okay, here you go, you know, fine, leave me alone. Those of you who have kids know exactly what this situation looks like. Fine, just, just go, do it, yes, leave me alone, stop asking for the millionth time. Now, when we look at this parable, a lot of times we'll talk about this in terms of perseverance and prayer, and that's exactly what it's about. Yes, it's, it's about perseverance, but I think sometimes when we think about persevering in prayer, when we use that kind of language, I think we, we, we might be missing exactly what Jesus is talking about. Because, because a lot of times when we talk about persevering in prayer, we give this image of, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta grit your teeth and, and you gotta exercise some kind of supernatural level of faith and assurance and certainty to get God to know that you're serious. And that's what we think about faith. That's, that's the image of persevering that we, that we present. Like you've just got to exercise some kind of, of magnificent faith. You've got to get your faith meter up high enough. You, you gotta, you gotta, you, your faith's down here. You don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith to get God to do what you want him to do. The, the tradition I grew up in, the Pentecostal tradition, um, we lot of all kinds of things that I really love about my heritage, all sorts of different things. And, and we here at Vertical Church, man, we are a community of the Holy Spirit. Make no mistake about it. We may not look like a traditional Pentecostal church, but dude, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the activity of the Holy Spirit, all of it. And then some God, whatever you got, give it to us. You know, that's, I mean, it's kind of our our perspective on it. But there are some things from my heritage that, that are best left in the past. And this is kind of one of them, this idea of, of this. We, we used to talk about like, you know, praying in faith. And, and I love that language. and I love what that means now. But, but then it, it kind of meant if you want God to answer the way you want him to answer, then you've got to believe enough. Like there's some kind of measure, you know, there's like some kind of scale, that, that your faith has to build up to. You gotta, you gotta muster enough belief or something, you know, and if you couldn't do it, God wouldn't answer. I can't tell you the number of people that I grew up with who, who even today, man, they're living with this enormous amount of guilt and condemnation, not because they did anything wrong, but because they prayed maybe for a, a loved one who was sick and, and we believe that God heals today physical bodies and we prayed for them to be healed and they weren't healed the way we thought they should be healed. And so the response then becomes, well, if you would have had enough faith, your grandma would have gotten better. Well, can you imagine like a 13 or 14 year old kid taking that message and resting it up on their shoulders? Man, if I would have had my, my, my loved one, my grandma, my brother, my dad, my cousin, my friend, whatever, my, my dad lost his job and couldn't find another job. And if I would have just had more faith, God would have moved. Can you imagine the guilt that people feel? when that is their understanding of faith. Can you imagine the, the internal like the internal issues that that would create in your heart when that is your understanding of faith? And, and I've been thinking about this, you know, 
that doesn't sound like a generous God. <laughs> that, that you have to measure up to the level of faith to get him to respond. That sounds more like a deranged monster who is inflicting psychological torture on people. <laughs> and, and what happens is, is, is we internalize that and we end up like the very first verse that Jesus says, we end up coming to a place where we're ready to give up and stop because I just can't get my levels up. <laughs> when the reality is, when Jesus tells us to pray and to persevere, it has nothing to do with some kind of measurement of certainty. It's not like, you know... how. How will I know if I'm sure enough? How will I know if my faith is high enough? Because, you know, today, you know, today's rough and, and I haven't prayed and I missed my quiet time. So I think my faith is operating at like a 27.2% level. <laughs> but I went to church, man. I worshiped. I lifted my hands. I got goosebumps. I got boosted to a 62, you know. Then Monday, I did my quiet time and I had my prayer time and I read my Bible. And now I'm at 77% faith and I can ask. And I know that sounds silly, but that's how some of us operate. Like, like, like God is looking for us to muster up enough certainty and faith, and then he'll respond. When the reality is God's just looking for sons and daughters who will trust him enough to ask. That's it. That's what faith is. There is no meter of faith. Isn't it really, in, 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 in a certain way, isn't faith just showing up to ask? I mean, think about, think about the faith it takes on some level to just pray. Because, because when you open your mouth or you open your mind and you're like, I'm going to communicate with God, doesn't that take faith? Isn't that activating a belief that God will actually hear me? You know, we've made faith and prayer way too complex. We've made, it, we've made it something that, that I think is, is, is twisted when, when the reality is praying in faith, having, having, having faith to believe that God can do what God said he will do is nothing more than the trust and confidence of a child bringing something to their dad. Like, like dad, I don't really know what to do with this. And so I'm, I'm bringing it back to you. Here you go. And for a lot of us, we have issues with that because let's face it, the reality is we didn't have good dads. Like, like when we did that to our earthly dad, they like yelled at us and they made us feel guilty. And so what happens is that internalizes inside of our own hearts so that when we approach God time and time again, we start to believe, I wonder if I'm getting on his nerves. I wonder if he's getting annoyed at me. Because I've brought this thing back several times over and over again. I wonder if he's getting a little tired. <laughs> you know, I'm reminded of the Lord's Prayer. There's a line in the Lord's Prayer, you, you probably know it, where Jesus says that we ought to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And I love that image because it's like, give us today what we need for today. Because yesterday's bread was good. Like we were filled up on yesterday's bread, but today's a new day and I'm hungry again. So give me, a, give me bread for today and tomorrow I'll come back and ask for more bread. See, there's no shame. There's no sense of shame in, in having to come to the Lord about the same thing day after day after day. 
He's not annoyed with us. In fact, it's kind of how he set the whole thing up. Jesus says, we ought to pray, give us today our daily bread, which means tomorrow we're going to come back and ask for another dose. We're going to come back and ask for the same thing again. And I have no clue why God answers some prayers in some ways and others. It seems that he's silent. I don't know why that is. I don't know why it seems like somebody prays once and the earth moves and somebody's praying for years and it seems like nothing's going on. I don't know. I don't understand what God is doing. I have no idea why it seems that he is silent sometimes. But I know this. I know not to, not to mistake God's silence for God's absence. I know that just because he is silent, that does not mean that he is not present. And so the whole context of the parable story that we're looking at today is that there are some people, and I believe there are some of us in this room today, who are on the verge of giving up, on the verge of losing heart, on the verge of of just cashing it in, which is why I wanted to share this story with you, which is why I, 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 I wanted to open this up because I believe that describes some of us in the room. We're, we're on the verge. We're so weary. We're so worn down. We've, 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 we've come time and time again asking about the same thing, making the same request, and we're starting to be tempted to give up and not ask anymore. Maybe, maybe he's just tired of me. Like, surely he's getting a little bit annoyed. I've been asking this day after day. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there in your relationship with God where you've been asking him the same thing over and over and over again and you begin having the thought in your mind, surely he's getting a little annoyed. I should have have fixed this by now. I should have overcome this temptation by now. I shouldn't still be dealing with this hurt by now. I should have had victory over this issue by now. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Recently, I had a conversation with a friend, a church friend. And, you know, they said, hey, can we get together? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Because I always say yes, right? Um, <laughs> And, and we're sitting there, and it started off great, man. It started off like I was the most encouraged person in the room. My friend just said, you know, I just, I love this church so much. It, the, the atmosphere, the, the welcome, the acceptance, the love, it's just awesome. I'm like, well, that's great. That's exactly what we're shooting for. Like, that's, that's the bullseye on the target. That's what we want people to feel. And you know, you know, Pastor Josh, every week, man, I just feel like I want you to know God uses this church because every week it seems like the entire experience was tailored just for me and what I'm going through. I'm like, well, that's awesome, man. God speaks in, in all kinds of ways. And I'm just, I'm glad that he's connecting and you're connecting with him. That's great. And then they, 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 they looked at me and said, I have one question. And I thought, oh, dear God. <laughs> Because when you tell a pastor, I have one question, we start racing through all of these questions like, did Adam have a belly button? How am I going to explain this? I don't know. Can God move, create a rock so big he can't move it? I, oh, we don't have time to go through all that. I don't know. 
And so I'm racing through my head and I'm kind of getting unnerved because there's a handful of questions that I don't, we don't have four or five hours to kind of divulge and get all out. I said, okay, shoot, you know, go ahead. Hit, hit, hit me with your question. I said, do you remember a while back in a sermon uh, a few, few months ago and, and you said, you said no matter how difficult your situation is or how dark it seems to be, that there's light and there's hope on the other side of the door. Do you remember when you said that? The reality is, I, I told him, I said, no, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I, I say a lot of things that sounds like something I would say. I endorse that. I think that's a good statement, but I don't actually remember what particular Sunday I would have said that, although it does sound like something I've said before. And, and they looked at me, and I could just see kind of the, the, the vulnerability in their eyes, and they looked at me and said, do you really believe that? Really? I said, oh, because there's a lot of pain behind that question. There's a lot of hurt behind that question. My heart just broke in that moment because what that question says is, I'm laying it all on the line with with a hope that by chance, somehow, this gospel might actually be true and God might, in fact, have something better for me in the future than what I'm going through right now. And I just need to know, like, like they said this, you know, if, if it's not, I just want you to be honest with me. If you don't really believe that, just tell me. I understand you're just, you're trying to encourage people. You're trying to, to build them up. But I need to know, do you believe that? Really? A lot of us, I think, feel that way sometimes. You know, does, does he really hear me when I pray? Does he really care about me? Does he really see me? Maybe my prayers are falling on deaf ears. Maybe he's not really paying attention. Maybe I have, in fact, gone too far and messed up too many times. Jesus gives us this parable as a way of saying, if a bad, unjust, no sense of shame judge who does not fear God and doesn't give a flip about what people think about him, if that kind of judge will give in to somebody who is persistent in asking, who just keeps showing up day after day making the same request. This parable fits in with this whole stream of teaching that Jesus does throughout the entire gospel stories. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Scholars call it how much more. It's, It's where the movement goes from something lesser to something greater. If this unjust judge will give in to someone who just keeps showing up, how much more will your father who is not unjust who is not uncaring who is not harsh who is not cruel how much more will he give and bless and and pour his love and grace into your life how much more and the only thing that he asks is that you just keep showing up you just keep coming back It doesn't require a magical level of faith. It doesn't require you to measure high enough on the faith scale so that he he tunes into your broadcast. (laughs) 
All it requires is you show up. Come back. You don't have to shout at him. You don't have to scream at him. Did you know there was a time in my life where I was convinced my prayer would not be heard by God unless I was really intense in my prayer? Like, like God, in the name of Jesus, I just call on you right now. God, you got to do... We don't talk like that. Like, you don't order Chick-fil-A that way. <laughs> I want a number one. <laughs> no pickle, please, and give me a sweet tea, God. I was convinced God would not hear my prayer unless I was really intense. And look, if you want to shout and scream at God because that's what you, you feel on the inside, that's fine. Like, go for it. I just want you to know there is no intense meter. It's not required. All that's required is keep coming. Just keep showing up. Just keep coming back. He's not uncaring. He doesn't get annoyed at you. He's not offended. All he wants is for his sons and daughters to keep showing up. And on days when the answer is really clear and, 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 and all, everything is coming through perfectly, show up again the next day. On the days when the answer is as clear as mud, show up the next day. Just keep coming back. Oftentimes, that's all faith is. It's all faith is. It's the trust to just show up when you feel like it and when you don't, when you get all A's on the test and when you fail the test, when, you, when, when, when he's coming in and when he's not coming in, when he's silent and when he's speaking loud and clear, just keep showing up. Would you stand with me this morning? Here's what I want to do. I think one of the gifts that God would give us this morning today is just the opportunity to do that, to show up. And so I've asked a couple of members of the band to come up and, and play one of our songs again. And our prayer team's going to get in place. They're, they're, they're going to move right now and they're going to be available for you right behind this first section of seats. Maybe you want a friend or a, a brother or sister to just put their arm on your shoulder and show up with you. They're going to be they're going to be in the back. Before we, before we pray, I want to read one more passage of Scripture to you that illustrates this idea again of how much more from Matthew chapter 7. Would you do this while you're standing? Would you just close your eyes? Just close your eyes and, and listen as if this is God's Word to you because it is God's Word to you. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7. He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Look what Jesus says. How much more? If you're a father, and even though you, you're, not, you're not perfect and you get all kinds of things wrong, if you know how to do this, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those 
you ask him. Anybody here need prayer about anything? Anybody here come, come in with something heavy on your heart? Maybe you've talked to him before, uh, but, the, but the pressure just doesn't seem to let up. Maybe today you're wondering, does he even hear me? Does he care? Does he see? Yeah, he cares. Yes, he, he sees. He, he loves you more than you could ever know. And the greatest thing we can do right now is just to, to come back and ask again. Just to, just to keep showing up. Maybe you want to pray by yourself. Maybe you want to pray with one of our prayer team people. You don't have to share all the details of your life with them. You share as much as you feel comfortable. And they just want to show up with you. They just want to show up with you. So let's do this. They're going to sing this song one more time. And during this, you may want to worship. You may want to lift your hands and just show up that way. Again, you may want to take a step and go to the back of the room and let some of our prayer people pray with you and join together with you, asking and showing up to God. But regardless of how you choose to respond, respond, show up, come back, ask again. Let me pray for you and we'll sing together. Lord, the the example of this persistent widow is, is awesome. Her faith to just keep showing up day after day is incredible. Lord, we have the ability to have the same kind of faith because we can keep showing up day after day too. Lord, in this moment, could our hearts be open to you right now? And would you meet with us? And Lord, I don't know if you have an answer or a word or, or, or something you're going to speak into our lives or, or whether it's one of those moments where you appear to be silent. But God, we're going to do what we can do. And that's show up. We're going to show up. We're going to make our request known. We're going to trust our dad. We love you, Jesus. During this song, if you would like to show up with some of our prayer team. They're in the back. If not, let me encourage you to sing this song and worship with us. In the darkest place when I've lost my way All I need is you In this mess I've made, I can bear the rain. All I need is you. You are rich in mercy, slow to Who is like 
that you are a God who is rich in mercy, slow to anger, a love that endures beyond what we think is possible. We thank you, God, that you do not get annoyed or or frustrated with us, that your countenance, your face is continually turned towards us, that there's never a moment where you turn away. For God, that, that happened. Lord, the, the, Jesus, God, that, that moment on, on, on the cross, that was not you turning away. That was, we've thought about it that way so many times, God, but that is you turning towards us. 
the whole humanity offering an invitation to come to come again to show up again to keep coming back Lord today I know that there are people in this room who maybe they were on the verge of giving up on the verge of losing heart today God I pray that they leave encouraged encouraged to show up tomorrow and the next day and the day after that to not give up but to pray always we thank you Jesus it's in your mighty name that we pray thank you so much for joining us today we always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life we all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.